What time is it? It's Winning with Money time. Coming to you from Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., at the headquarters of Fetterman Financial Solutions, welcome to Winning with Money. I'm Mike Fetterman, a Ramsey Solutions trained financial coach, and I'm your host of this podcast. My goal is to provide you with simple, practical, personal financial education and strategies to help you gain control of your finances so your finances don't control you. You can learn more about me and get a free coaching consultation by visiting and signing up at my website at FettermanFinancialSolutions.com. Hello and welcome back. I hope you're doing well. In today's episode, I'm kicking off a new series called Investing Basics. There's a lot to unpack when talking about investing. You may recall, if you listened to the last episode I had about the millionaire mindset, I talked about investing as the key, one of the main keys of how millionaires built their wealth. I'll use a building blocks approach in these Investing Basics episodes to give you a foundation to work from. Think of this as financial investing education not specific guidance for your specific situation. My goal in these episodes is to help you become an informed and wise investor while helping you avoid common pitfalls along your way. In this episode, I'll talk about what investing is, describe the stock markets, types of investments, some basic terminology, how a stock transaction works, making sure you are armed with knowledge by having an advisor when needed, and some pitfalls to avoid. And I'll recap at the end with some time-tested strategies for success in investing. This episode is a little longer than my other ones at about 25 minutes, but I hope you'll hang in there with me. Okay, what is investing? Investing is taking a long-term view and intentionally setting aside money that will grow over time to produce a healthy nest egg for your goals down the road. The key here is to think long term. So what do I mean by that? I'm talking at least five years and into retirement. It can be less than five years, but the key here is to think of your invested assets as something you don't touch for everyday things. There are people who claim to be successful traders either day traders or other types of short-term traders who claim to be successful in riding the markets up and down and making profits. I won't dispute any of that, but it takes a lot of time and effort to be successful doing things that way. And that's not my focus here. I personally like to track market activity on a regular basis, but only because I'm a bit of a market junkie. However, I try not to let short-term market swings and events dictate my long-term view and strategies. I won't be giving you specific stock or bond tips or tell you what specific funds to buy, but I will tell you about the types of investments that are available. I'll give you ideas for consideration in market sectors and types of funds that might be worth your while to do your own research to determine if they could be appropriate for you. So, let's talk about some terminology and getting started. The U.S. stock markets are comprised of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is 30 successful large companies, the Standard & Poor's 500 Index, also known as the S&P 500 Index, and that's comprised of 500 top companies in the United States. 
The NASDAQ Composite Index is comprised of mainly large tech companies. There are other types of markets, such as futures and international markets, and you can buy bonds from your online broker or through an investment bank, but those are the big three, as I stated earlier. These markets have a lot of moving parts. Some stocks can go up, and some stocks can go down in the same day. There are no guarantees of making a profit. You can gain a lot of wealth in the markets, and you could also lose a lot of money as well. I can't emphasize this point enough. You actually don't lose money unless you sell your shares below the price you bought them. The opposite goes for making a profit. You can sell shares higher than what you bought them at. As the markets go up and down, you only gain or absorb a loss when you make a buy or sell transaction. For example, say you bought 10 shares of XYZ company at $25 per share with no transaction cost. The total investment will be $250. If over time your investment goes down to $20 per share, you haven't lost anything because you haven't sold any of those shares. If good news comes in about this company's earnings and the price per share goes up to, say, $30 and you haven't sold, you haven't locked in those gains either. But say you sell your shares at the $30 price, you will have gained $5 per share and you would have a total gain of $50 on that transaction. That's basically how it works. I recommend before venturing out into the markets, you need to have basic knowledge of how they work what they're comprised of, how you make money, and how you can lose money. There are no guarantees or insurance that you'll make money in these markets, and without good knowledge, you can lose a lot of money. Even experienced investors lose money. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just emphasizing that with knowledge and skill and realizing that the trend is your friend and thinking long-term, the opportunities for gaining wealth are there for the taking. The market has cycles, and an up period is called a bull market, and a down period is called a bear market. There's a lot of information out there about these cycles and trends and the hows and whys about them, which would get us way too far in the weeds for this episode, so I won't go there today. Educating yourself about investing through reading books and webinars and listening to podcasts like this one help you to establish clear goals for your money, and those are the keys to success. Have some goals in place regarding why you want to invest, such as investing for retirement, college for the kids, health savings, long-term care, or other long-term goals you may have. These goals are key when getting started. It gives your money a purpose. Another important point, if you don't know what you're doing or don't have the time to devote to getting educated and becoming knowledgeable about investing, don't be afraid to ask for help. If you want to get your money working for you in the markets, but either you don't have the time or the interest in doing it yourself, I recommend you seek out an advisor such as a certified financial planner, CFP, a chartered financial analyst, CFA, or someone with similar qualifications as a wealth manager, such as a Ramsey-endorsed local provider, ELP. Of all the information I'll share with you, I'll help you with the basics in this and future Investing Basics episodes, but please be careful about applying it for your specific situation without help or a good background in the fundamentals of investing. If you're just starting out with investing, you can save yourself a lot of frustration, anxiety, and confusion 
If you have a trusted, competent advisor with the heart of a teacher helping you along the way. So let's switch gears. What are some common types of investments? You have cash, stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, and other specialty items that can increase your net worth. So let's start with cash. You may have heard the term cash is king. It's always good to have cash on hand and in the form of a checking account, savings account, money market account, or even a certificate of deposit. Cash is important to have for your everyday life to take care of the four walls, food, clothing, shelter, and transportation. An extra stash of cash is important to have in an emergency fund of at least $1,000, but optimally one that will take care of between three to six months of expenses in the event of a job loss, health emergency, or some other negative costly event that you might not have planned for. Let's talk about stocks. Stocks are considered ownership of a company that trade in the markets. They are classified as either common stocks and preferred stocks. Simply stated, owning a share of common stock is having a small slice of ownership in a specific company. When you buy shares of a stock in a company, you are considered a shareholder. The main difference between preferred and common stock is that preferred stock gives no voting rights to shareholders while common stock does. Preferred shareholders usually are big institutional buyers and they have priority over a company's income, meaning they are paid dividends before common shareholders, like us normal people who buy and sell in the market. There are all kinds of stocks. The typical ones are growth and value. A growth stock is a share in a business that's shown above average earnings and has the potential to grow faster than the overall economy. Growths tend to react faster to market swings. You may have heard the term momentum stocks. So you need to examine the risk of every investment you make. Examples of these growth stocks are Amazon, Facebook, and Netflix. A value stock is a stock with a price that appears low relative to the company's financial performance. As measured by such fundamentals as the company's assets, revenue, dividends, earnings, and cash flows. Examples of value stocks are Citicorp, ExxonMobil, AP Morgan Chase. To be clear here, these are not recommendations, just examples in each category. You may also have heard market analysts talk about cyclical stocks. What is a cyclical stock? It is one that has an underlying business generally following the economic cycle of expansion and recession. Cyclical businesses perform well during economic expansions but typically experience significantly declining sales and profits during recessions and other challenging economic times. Some of the examples of these companies are General Electric, Boeing, and Walt Disney. A key point I want to reiterate here while discussing stocks. Like I said earlier, I don't recommend buying individual stocks, especially if you're new to investing. I don't have any individual stocks in my portfolio. I use exchange-traded funds, ETFs, and some mutual funds that are baskets of stocks and bonds based on various benchmarks. Let's talk about bonds. A bond is a debt instrument. It's essentially a loan agreement between the borrower, say the government or a corporation, 
and you as an investor. There are three types of bonds. One, federal government that is backed by the U.S. Treasury. Two, municipal that is issued by the state or local government. And three, corporate that are issued by companies to fund growth. A simplified view of the way they work is the borrower, could be the government, municipal, or corporation, agrees to do an interest rate after a fixed amount of time at a maturity date, which is when you can redeem the, the bond with that interest. There are a lot of other aspects to bonds, but that's the basic way they work. A thing to be careful about with bonds are the risk factors of default and the time frames. Treasury bonds are the safest because they are fully backed by the U.S. government. There are investment-grade bonds. They are rated AAA to BBB. And speculative high-yield junk bonds are rated BB to C. Junk bonds look inviting because of the high-yield interest rates they offer, but they also can have a high risk of default. You may think that bonds are pretty safe. In a lot of cases, they are. But they can be very risky, too, like the stock market, especially in the junk bond category if you have a lengthy holding period to maturity with an interest rate lower than the inflation rate, and that's not good. That's a whole topic in of itself that requires a deep dive and possibly another episode. Let's talk about real estate. Real estate is land and anything you can build on it. For example, houses, apartments, retail, and commercial office space, and buildings. Real estate is typically an appreciating asset, meaning its value goes up over time. If you're a homeowner, you are investing in real estate. Let's talk about commodities. Commodities are often split into two broad categories, hard and soft. Hard commodities include natural resources that must be mined or extracted, such as a precious metal like gold and silver rubber, and oil, whereas soft commodities are agricultural products or livestock, such as corn, wheat, coffee, sugar, soybeans, and pork. Commodities trade on futures and other types of commodities markets that can be quite complicated. Gold is sometimes viewed as a hedge against inflation and volatile markets, but that's not always the case either. I'll talk briefly about other specialty investments as well. There are a wide range of investments such as collectible art, antiques, toys, comic books, stamps, and many other categories. And I won't get into any of those in this podcast. Remember earlier I said I don't buy and sell individual stocks? I use exchange-traded funds and mutual funds that are comprised of both stocks and bonds. I actually like ETFs more than mutual funds. And here's why. Although they are both baskets of stocks or bonds, ETFs trade like individual stocks throughout the market training day. They typically cost less than a mutual fund, and with the cost of individual buy and sell transactions at zero in most cases, they are attractive. They are also typically better than mutual funds from a tax perspective, too. ETFs are very popular among investors because of their tax efficiency, low cost, and the ability to trade them like stocks. Mutual funds are also baskets of stocks and bonds, but their price is determined at the end of the market day. They are both very good in a portfolio. The good thing about ETFs and mutual funds is it reduces risk if one stock has a really bad day and the other stocks in that fund doesn't. 
The fund could go down a little bit, but not as much as that one stock. The fund could carry the day even if one or two companies in that particular fund has a down day. On the flip side, it works the same way. If one stock has a great day, it can carry that fund to the upside, or it might not have that much weight either way. It all depends on how much weight or the number of shares the company has in the fund. Sometimes you can't escape a bad day for a sector, though. For example, if the energy or tech or consumer staple sectors have a bad day for whatever reason, the funds that track those sectors will reflect that. Another key point to remember for us long-term investors is don't let your emotions of fear and greed get the best of you. A day or a week or even many months of bad market activity could really get you down, but think long-term. Stock funds are broken out into many categories. The four that are popular and the ones that Dave Ramsey recommends are growth and income, they are most predictable in terms of their market performance. Growth, they're made up of mostly stable funds and growing companies, and their risk and reward are moderate. Aggressive growth, these can be very risky, but they can also provide high returns. These are good for the long term. International, these funds invest in companies around the world. Sector funds, a sector is an area of the economy in which businesses share the same or related business activity, product, or service. Sectors represent a large grouping of companies with similar business activities. The sectors are energy, industrials, communications, consumer staples, consumer discretionary, real estate, financials, technology, healthcare, utilities, and materials. There are a lot of options to choose from. And then there are theme-based funds. They could represent a country, a particular value such as social, environment, and even your political point of view. Be cautious with these because they may represent your point of view, but they might not be very profitable for a variety of reasons. Another thing worth noting is the size of the companies, called market capitalization. This describes how much a company is worth. A small cap company is valued at below $2 billion. A mid cap company is valued between $2 billion and $10 billion. And a large cap company is valued at over $10 billion. So, what's the secret to investing success? There are a lot of things to consider, such as taking the long-term view of the time in the market, not timing the market, by letting your investments grow, also called buying and holding. In this approach, you will be able to enjoy compound interest, interest earning interest, and dividends in cases where your investments offer them. Let me provide you with another case example. Say you're 25 years old and you invest $688 a month for 30 years and you get a 10% annual rate of return, which is the current average of the S&P 500 since 1926, you will have a nest egg of over $1.5 million while investing about $248,000 by the time you turn 55. Think of that. 1.5 mil, and you've only put in 248K. That's a lot of money. But 
Think about the amazing rates of return and dividend and compounding interest over that time. Pretty amazing, isn't it? For those who have a 401k or a 403b retirement plan at work, try to invest at least a minimum to get your company match, if they offer it, and to get at least 15% of your income invested there as soon as you can, so that your future self, 20 or 30 years from now, will love your present self for making the small sacrifices today for a prosperous tomorrow. So here are some of my past mistakes and pitfalls for you to avoid. When I started doing investing, I was buying individual stocks without doing any real research on how risky they were or having a strategy of when to sell them. Not a good thing. I was trying to time the market instead of dollar cost averaging, you know, just letting my stocks grow over time. And I just didn't understand the basics of technical and fundamental analysis as it relates to individual stocks. Buying when stocks were too high and selling when they were too low, another head mistake on my part. Not understanding that most financial news is noise, and I also got caught up in the short-term views of the markets. So a key point to remember here, we all make mistakes. There's a lot of money that can be gained through smart investing, and a lot of money can be lost because of the market events and not having the right knowledge and behavioral attitude to handle it. To summarize, I have six key takeaways that could benefit you. Number one, have a plan for short and long-term goals. If you're new to investing, I recommend you initially get a trusted, competent, fee-based fiduciary advisor, one who will work in your best interest to guide you and manage your invested assets for you. Number two, save and invest early and as often as you can. It's the time in the market that's key, not timing the market, thinking you can predict what it will do in the short term. Number three, put your investments on autopilot with automatic withdrawals so you don't see the money taken out of your paycheck and that uses dollar cost averaging. You buy more shares when the market is down and less when the market is up. Remember, it's the long-term view. Number four. Keep your costs and taxes low by investing in ETFs, if possible. Number five, diversify between stock and bond funds and in different asset classes, large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, and sector type funds. The key here is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversification is key. And number six, rebalance when your allocations get too overweighted in one area. In future Investing Basics episodes, I'll talk about using online brokers for stock and bond fund trading. I'll share some of my favorite shows to watch and or listen to that follow the markets and investing, and I'll also share many other investing topics as my podcast grows. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my show and found it to be informative. I'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks or so. I wish you a great day. Mike's website and related podcasts are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, financial, legal, tax, or other professional advice. You should not act upon the content or information as specific advice for your specific situation without first consulting a financial advisor or other professional who provides these specific services. For a free financial coaching consultation with Mike to guide you in your financial situation, 
You can schedule your session with him by going to his website at FettermanFinancialSolutions.com and clicking on the Schedule an Appointment tab on the menu to find an opening on his calendar, and he'll confirm it with you. Thank you.